Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in the world of pop culture and basically see what life lessons we can extract from these celebrities' lives that we can then relate to our own lives. So we get some wisdom, we get some tea. It's the best of both worlds. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome here. Everyone is welcome here. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. I am Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok, talking about all these conspiracy theories, turning you into a conspiracy theorist, ruining celebrities' lives on the daily, dragging them for filth. It is my pride and joy. Thank you for checking out the podcast. You guys, I got some pretty good news this week, and that is that I most likely do not have cancer, which is very exciting. If you know from previous episodes, I was talking about getting my lymph nodes checked on my neck because they were swelling up for over a year, which is not the best sign and chloe kardashian actually inspired me to go get another ultrasound because she found a melanoma on her face that she had to get removed and since she got it removed early enough it saved her from potentially having cancer so i was like why don't i just go get this checked out again it was kind of coming up on the time i had to do it anyway but my doctor said it's looking good so i'm very thankful and that i was just precautious and checking things out early and me and my doctor are going to just keep looking at it, checking up on it every time I go there. But he said it's looking like good news. So that's very exciting. Very thankful. I'm also very excited for this episode because it is messy. It's going to be fun. There's so much to talk about. I was preparing it and I was getting giddy because there's so much tea today. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Nikita Dragon going to jail and being held in a men's unit. You have to hear how the judges spoke to her. We're going to talk about the whole Elon Musk Twitter debacle even more. Celebrities are boycotting him, and he's a fucking liar. Okay, and we're going to get into that. Then we're going to talk about Taylor getting dragged for filth because people say she's desperate. Taylor Swift is desperately trying to place higher on charts, and she's a fraud and all this and that. Then we're going to dissect two of her songs on the new album because I know you guys love the Midnight's Dissection. We're going to dissect high infidelity and be jeweled and i'm so excited to do that because there's so much tea that goes along with those songs you need to hear it then we're going to talk about louis tomlinson saying that harry styles made him feel insecure for a little bit Ooh, tea and lastly we're going to do a little bit of a quick kardashian update but before we get into everything make sure to just rate this podcast five star on spotify apple podcast leave a cute little review you're already here you may as well do so screenshot yourself listen to it post it to your instagram story and tag me and i will definitely hit you up because i will 100 see that if you tag me and put it on your story i love dming you guys and just chit-chatting it makes my whole life and my whole day and i love becoming friends with you guys so without further ado let's get into it welcome to pop culture university take your seats class is in session
Usually people like when celebrities they don't like reach their downfall and really shitty things happen to them. And nothing brings stands more joy than seeing someone they hate's mugshot on the internet. So you think people would jump for joy seeing Nikita Dragon's mugshot all over Twitter this weekend because, you know, she rubs people the wrong way. She potentially blackfishes. She's really problematic online. She did the whole thing with offending some other transgender woman, saying how Nikita was the first one to become a transgender pop star with her song Dick. That song was fucking horrible. But either way, Twitter was actually really on Nikita's side and feeling for her and wanting hashtag justice for Nikita. Free Nikita, because this is what happened. So Nikita Dragon, beauty influencer, supermodel of the world, pussy stunt queen, was arrested at the Good Time Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida. You know what they say, what happens in Miami. People go on just a mental spiral in Miami, apparently. I'm scared to go there. Apparently friendships break up. Groups of friends notoriously go to Miami and then leave not being friends anymore. What is happening down there? It's because Kim and Chloe took Miami that one time. I know it. Anyway, she was arrested because she splashed water from a water bottle onto a police officer. That police officer sounds so fragile. The police were then called to Nikita's hotel room after complaints of her walking around the pool area naked and causing a disturbance when asked to stop naked like dick and all interesting i I mean i i love trans women with dicks i'm just saying was her dick out and everything oh my god someone nikita tweeted like last week or something the lyric or something about ha- like having a dick if she had a dick she would pull it out and piss on it I mean, people were like you don't have a dick you don't we don't need to be in Nikita's business that much, you know what I'm saying? But potentially Nikita's dick was out. Anyway, TMZ reported that she was arrested for felony battery on a police officer, misdemeanor disorderly conduct, and misdemeanor battery, and then was taken to Miami-Dade County's Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center. Okay, why do 17 names have to be in that correctional center name? Did, did six rich families donate to it to lock up the poor people? So fucking annoying. Anyway, so Nikita Dragon was motherfucking arrested. And it sounds like she was having some kind of unfortunate episode in Miami. She was walking around the pool area naked. Nikita, for free? Making OnlyFans for that shit. I truly feel for her. I don't know why she was doing all that stuff. But Nikita in the past has had mental health issues. Last year, she was put in a mental institution involuntarily and held there for eight days on a magistrate order. That means, typically, when someone is deemed too kind of mentally gone and they're incapable of making informed decisions at the moment regarding their medical treatment. So it was a very serious thing. Nikita Kanadre gave um, some insight into what happened last year when she was first put in a mental hospital. She said, on Thanksgiving, this all led to me walking out of the house by myself, freezing in a dress and stripper heels. Isn't that what she normally does? There's another moment I won't get into, but like an altercation happened and I ended up in a police car. I got brought to the hospital. Then after the whole episode, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So maybe she was just having a bipolar episode. You know, manic highs can last for weeks or months. It's unfortunate that 
I, I truly feel for people who have bipolar disorder. At this point, we know multiple celebrities that we talk about on this podcast. Selena, Kanye, Mariah Carey has it. It must be a big struggle having uh, highs and lows and not realizing it. And then finally getting your diagnosis probably makes so many things clear. But before you get diagnosed, it must just be very confusing. So I'm very happy for her that she was diagnosed and everything. But it seems like it was just happening again. And she was put on an involuntary hold. Nikita was also involuntarily held in the Hype House for two months to film their shitty reality show. Which, by the way, Nikita was the best part of that show. I had a on and off, you know, love-hate relationship with Nikita. I didn't think her Snapchat show was that good. And some of just the things she said in the past has pissed me off. But her on that Netflix show, she was amazing. She was a fucking star, and I loved her. Anyway, back to her being in prison. Nikita, when she got to prison, they registered her as a male in the prison system and put her in the men's unit of the jail. Isn't that fucking insane? And then at the hearing, after she was already held in the men's jail for a little bit, you can hear her asking the judge who's making fun of her, laughing at her, tittling about seemingly Nikita being transgender because the judge goes, oh, do you want me to call you Mr. (laughs) or Mrs.? That judge is so fucked up. That ugly transphobic bitch. The second I got out of jail and saw that bitch on the streets, it's not your honor anymore. It's you're a bitch who's getting curb stomped. That judge was such an asshole. People like that should not have power over people's lives. Nikita was begging to be put in the woman's unit. And the judge was like, oh, I don't have that power. And I don't care if Nikita was only in the men's unit for a day. That's really dangerous. Trans people are getting murdered at a higher rate than any other LGBTQ group. And currently only six states in the U.S. put people in prison based on their gender expression. Use the pre phone at the jail to call the public defender's office and they can readdress this with your division judge. All right. And your honor, may I ask one question? Um, may I? Do I have to stay here in the men's unit still? Yeah, I don't make the rules up there, but okay. I need to accommodation for you. You can keep a separate, a separate area. Can you, can, you can contact the, um, the bondsman and try and get you out. Imagine the trepidation and just pure fear Nikita probably felt walking into that men's prison because who knows what the men who are already locked up for doing crimes would do to her if they got their hands on her. That's so unsafe. That's some kind of hate crime waiting to happen. This was a huge lapse of judgment by the judicial system in Miami, Florida, and they should really be ashamed. And we all know the court system isn't just or fair at all. So I'm actually not surprised. And like I said, a lot of people, they don't love Nikita, but everyone agreed that what the court did to her was so fucking wrong. The tweets say, I'm not a Nikita Dragon fan, nor am I defending her actions in any way, shape, or form. But when she was put into jail and forced to stay in a men's unit, that's heartbreaking and dangerous. Trans women are women. Absolutely. Nikita Dragon is one of the most well-known trans women in the world. If this can happen to her, it can happen to any of us. Trans women are women and belong in women's spaces. This is absolutely horrific and should be considered cruel and unusual punishment. Couldn't agree more. Nikita Dragon is facing a human rights violation by being put in a men's jail. I just don't think that in this moment, whether you or not personally like her, is the point. Couldn't agree more. I'm glad people were rallying around Nikita, and all those tweets had over 100,000 likes. This was major news, and 
well, Nikita is problematic. I think she really is a good representation of just trans empowerment and making trans girls feel sexy and desired and just like women as they should be. Like with her whole Victoria's Secret thing, that was so iconic. We need to protect Nikita at all costs. Thank God Nikita posted her $5,000 bond and was released from jail, wishing her all the healing and recovery and hopefully she does not have trauma from this because of those assholes and thank god she is safe so what can we learn from this i think a lot of people were rallying around her but some people were just judging her for you know walking around naked splashing a police officer and i love what she said a while ago about not feeling embarrassed about stuff that you do while going through a mental health episode and not feeling embarrassed about it. And she said, because it's easy to look back and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And how could I do that? But it's more relatable and common than you think. And it wasn't really you doing it. You're actually just going through something. So just having grace with yourself when you're having a mental health episode and not looking back and being ashamed, but looking back and learning from it and wanting to heal and improve your relationship with your mental health. And if anyone looks at you or judges you for something like that, are insane assholes who are pretending like they don't sometimes get the better of them by their mental health. And we need to erase that stigma. Something else we can learn, I think, is that, unfortunately, jail is real. <laughs> you, you know, you think you are above it and you could never see yourself going to jail because that's not you. That would never happen to me. But you guys, it's real. I literally almost went to jail once. And it's because of some kind of like traffic violation that apparently is really, really bad. And luckily I got a plea deal, but I had to go to court, had to dress up in the, you know, nice attire and everything. Honestly, I can just be real here. I think it's my privilege that is the reason I did not get a cute little mug shot. Unfortunately, I can acknowledge that and think it is bullshit and not right, but I think that's what happened. But anyway, it could happen to you. Don't think it can't. Smile, follow even the smallest of laws. Moving on, you guys, I feel like I've committed treason or something because I bought Twitter Blue. I bought Twitter Blue so you don't have to, but it was just in the name of science. I can't believe I gave a billionaire $8, but I did it just to let you guys know if you guys should get it or not. So I feel as though I'm like Robin Hood. I'm doing something bad, but for the greater good. Anyway, let me tell you about my Twitter Blue experience. I've only had it for today. I have tweeted a few things. And right away, I guess there was, you know, an $8 difference. So first thing I noticed is that there's a verified section in your notifications. So you're going to get all the notifications from people who also have Twitter Blue in a whole little other bar itself, which will make you more likely to see them, I guess. I don't know if it would really make that big of a difference. Something else you can do is you can, you get like, when you hit tweet, after you type out a tweet and you hit send, it gives you a preview of your tweet, how it would look on the timeline. And it's like, do you want to undo this? Or are you sure you want to post this? It lets you take a step back and really think about it. Or if you want to edit it right before you tweet. And then even after you tweet, it gives you 30 seconds to completely delete it and it won't even go to the timeline. So I guess it lets you think for a second before you tweet, which could be worth $8 for a lot of these people who could potentially lose million dollars in a career if they don't think twice about their tweets, aka DaBaby, aka Kanye West. Something else, it told me that my DMs and comments would be higher on people's notifications in general. 
So I guess if someone puts out a thirst trap and I want to hit them up, my comment would go right to the top. I guess that's nice. I DM'd Chris Hemsworth and told him to leave his wife and kids for me and he didn't DM me back. So I don't think my message was any higher in his DMs because I think he would have responded and took me up on the offer if he did see it. I also told Zayn Malik to shove me into a dresser and call me his fucking Dutch slut and he also did not respond. Something else I was wondering about Twitter Blue is if I would get more interaction because I was verified. Because let me tell you, I think people on TikTok who are not famous at all but somehow finessed a blue checkmark do you, do you ever see people like that? It's because they were big on Musical.ly before TikTok was Musical.ly. So they had a blue check mark then and they just kept it into now. Or these weird people who just know someone and get a random check mark. But I swear, they get more interaction just because they have a blue check mark. People take them more seriously or something. And it pisses me off. It really makes me like annoyed because these people who are kind of doing the same thing as me will get just a little bit more of a push because they have a dumbass blue check mark from the past. Anyway, it's like when someone has a college degree, you know, it, it, it doesn't make much of a difference intellectually, but for some reason, people take them more seriously if they have a college degree. It, that, that's what the blue check means to me. I posted a picture on my alternate Twitter, which is my thirst trap Twitter. If you guys are not new here, you know I am dabbling in the Twitter thought life. So I have a whole other Twitter just for that. The at is Patty Pop Private. if you want to check it out a little bit over 8,000 followers. That's where I paid the $8. That's my. That's the Twitter that I want to blow up and go viral and everything. So I was like, okay, let's invest in this one. Because I have another Twitter, just my main, where I just tweet, you know, whatever. So I posted a photo and I was wearing blue underwear, you know, <laughs> trying to be, <laughs> trying to trap people with thirst. But I chose blue underwear because it's festive. You know, I got Twitter blue. I would say my tweet this time compared to really similar photos in the past got a little bit more interaction right off the bat than they would have without the blue check mark. So maybe it is worth the $8. Nothing too seriously, but I did notice a little bit of an upturn. I think it just entices people when they see it. They say, oh, let me stop and check this post out as they're scrolling. So I think if you want to be like a Twitter influencer, maybe get it because it could help people be drawn to you if not you're just not taking twitter seriously like that twitter's still free you don't need to pay eight dollars it will not make any difference to you if you don't need to don't it's kind of just decoration at this point it's just elon desperately trying to prove that he is the king of capitalism and making you have another subscription fee but again if you want to promote your Twitter and get an OnlyFans link going and build that business, it might help you out a little bit. Just being honest. Now let's just move on to the crazy Elon Musk drama. Elon Musk is a fucking liar. Like all white men billionaires, he's a fucking liar. And I didn't even see this coming. I'm so naive for thinking he would be honest about what he'd do with Twitter after he got a hold of it. But he lied about free speech and comedy. His main spiel when he wanted to take over twitter so people didn't you know the villagers on the countryside didn't revolt against him with pitchforks and torches he said oh i'm gonna bring free speech no one's gonna get banned twitter can have real open conversations for once blah 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 blah. that's literally a lie he legit tweeted the quote comedy is now legal on twitter the first day he owned twitter and guess what 
he banned a bunch of comedians because they were changing their username to Elon Musk and started to impersonate him and tweet funny things. So not only do they not have free speech, comedy is clearly not legal on Twitter. He banned Kathy Griffin and Ethan Klein. Ethan Klein, who had 2.3 million followers, he permanently banned him for making fun of Elon's ties to Jeffrey Epstein while he was pretending to be him, even though Ethan's account clearly said parody in the bio. He didn't even wait a month to make it obvious that he's just a liar and he's going to do whatever he wants on Twitter now that he is the tyrant over it. He said permanent ban should never happen and now they're happening even faster than before. Now we see the truth. He never had a problem with bans in the past. He just had a problem with who was being banned because he has some agenda that he bought Twitter to push. And those people will never get unbanned from Twitter. Do you want to know something else he lied about? political neutrality on Twitter. And this is where it's all going to make sense and all come together why Elon Musk bought Twitter and why he's such a liar. So in April, Elon tweeted, for Twitter to deserve public trust, it must be politically neutral. He has over 100 million followers. And you know what he tweeted this week during the midterm elections? He tweeted, quote, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress. Quote, to independent-minded voters, shared power curbs the worst excesses to both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. And we all know why he wants everyone to vote Republican. He's looking out for himself and his billions. And now it all makes sense to me. He was a liar from the beginning. He just wanted to pacify us until he got Twitter and completed his plan. He probably wanted to pacify the people at Twitter to not be scared of doing the offer with him and actually selling him it. And now, ever ever since he's been in here, he's doing the worst things. Firing half the business, lying about free speech, comedy, political neutrality. He bought Twitter as a way to increase his power, his influence, and literally his tyranny as the richest man in the world who only fights for his agenda. He says Twitter is the biggest virtual mecca of human consciousness and a town square for all humans to share their ideas virtually and discuss. And it makes sense that he wants to own that town square to literally control the conversation and ban who he wants so his political beliefs can be pushed forward. I didn't see it before, but him owning Twitter is so dangerous for so many people who don't want to vote Republican, who want actual free speech and not to be banned just for going against someone like Elon Musk, people who want health care or rights or social security. But Elon is using it. So him and his 1% pals get what they want. I didn't see it before, but he's a liar who I will never believe again. And guess what? Right after he tweeted that thing about voting Republican, Elon posted a photo of a Nazi soldier meme while saying the quote in the in the um, caption, times have changed about sending messages on Twitter. So he was like, times have changed. I'm now in charge of Twitter. And he used a Nazi meme. I don't think he was, I'm not saying he's trying to like push the Nazi beliefs, but it's just interesting that it was literally a photo of a Nazi. Very interesting. The whole thing is giving fascism to me. He bought Twitter as a $44 billion ad campaign for fascism. And he's a liar. And I will never believe him again. And I'm going to get rid of Twitter blue. But what can we learn from this? For our own lives? Something that can relate to our own lives from this whole thing is that once you lie once, you are a liar. You're going to be looked at as a liar by the person that you lied to, the trust is ruined, 
they're going to see everything you say to them as having the potential to be a lie because they know you have the nerve to lie to them. Like that Noah Cyrus song. I know what you see when you look at me. I will always be a liar. So not like any of us are going to own the biggest social media platform and spend $44 billion on it any day soon. But what we could be is just not be liars and ruin relationships and ruined years of built trust with someone. Because once you lie once, that is it. Taylor Swift is the music industry. Her name is synonymous with the music industry. It's Taylor's world and we're just living in it. And if you're not a Swifty, I don't know what to tell you at this point. And I believe that it is her world. We're just living in it. As we know, she had a career altering achievement last week of having every song in the top 10 at the same time. Never been done before. She said, move over, Michael Jackson. I'm the GOAT. The greatest of all time. And guess what? Antihero is still number one. It's not free falling on the chart like you want it to. It's still number one. About to be for a third week. But of course, some people want to raid on her parade. Want to take away her accomplishments. As they want to do with women all the time. Some Swift haters are accusing Taylor of fraudulently garnering these charts accomplishments by putting out extra versions, remixes, and publishments of her songs to boost her sales. Antihero is a great song, but people think that Taylor is trying to make the song look like a bigger hit because she wants everyone to think the whole country is streaming just one version of the song, but there's actually many versions of the song out right now that all collectively count towards the chart placement of the original song. So here's what Taylor's doing to boost Antihero on the charts. She has four remixes of the song out right now. The Bleachers version, the Roosevelt remix, the Kung's remix, and the Jada G remix. She has the music video out for it. She has four different vinyls for the album that helps the sales of Antihero and everything. And when she was trying to get every song in the top 10, she realized that two of the songs might not make it into the top 10. She maybe was only going to get eight. So she put out instrumental versions of those songs on YouTube and Spotify that would then boost the streams because even if it's just the instrumental, it counts towards the collective streams for the song in general. Some call this cheating. Some call this music marketing and just how music works. Here are just some of the tweets that I saw when I briefly just went over them. This is like just a little taste of what people are giving Taylor. Quote, there's already been five versions of that flop song and it hasn't even been a month. Chart obsessed. Me when I'm chart obsessed. Another remix? You gotta be joking. I think an award show needs a new category called the most desperate song to stay relevant. And I think she'll win that for sure. And honestly, Taylor Swift, yes, she is inflating the charts. But should she suffer for that? Clap if she should suffer for inflating the charts. Exactly, no one's clapping. No. 
in my opinion, she doesn't deserve this hate for from promoting her brand new album and trying to get these chart numbers and accolades. If charts, numbers, superficial accomplishments, and placements are really that important to an artist, they should do them. They should try to get them. If that will make them feel good, they should do it. By trying to get a number one for multiple weeks, as she's trying to do right now with Antihero, she's demanding respect. Charts, let's be honest, equal respect. People look at someone who has this many number ones for this long in a different light. You get moved up in the social placement in the music industry, which helps you out a lot. It's more opportunity. It's a status symbol. And it's really just a perception is reality thing. They're going to look at her as one of the greatest of all time if she just keeps racking up these things. And her songs are good enough. And she already has a big enough fan base that they're, they were probably going to get those accomplishments anyway. She just wants to make sure. And I think it's silly for people to think she shouldn't promote her songs like that just to get them up a little more on the charts. Taylor lives for pats on the heads and people telling her that she did good in these chart placements that make her feel like she is doing good and she's almost like a good girl. I don't know if that's weird to say, but in her Miss Americana documentary, she was like, I live for the approval of others and charts and awards. They feel like metaphorical pats on the back that I'm doing something right and I'm doing good. So you have to know that this is like mentally ingrained in Taylor Swift's mind that charts equal success. And I don't think that's a bad thing. The other artists on the chart are doing the same exact thing. Drake and Future are doing the same thing right now by making fake Vogue covers and selling them with an album so their numbers go up. But Vogue literally said, we had no collaboration with you. What are you doing? Now they're getting sued for $4.5 million. Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Patris. They had a bunch of remixes to that song for it to go number one. Super Freaky Girl had, what, four or five versions in the first week by Nicki? 34 plus 35 had remixes to the remix. Old Town Road, the longest running, the longest reigning number one song of all time for 20 weeks or whatever, had remix after remix after remix. And that's how Lunas X played the game. And if he never played the game and never got the longest running number one of all time, that being his first song ever, he would not be referred to as one of the musical A-listers that he is today. His career would have never skyrocketed right after that song like it did and got all the producers and all the... I mean, even Kanye West worked on his next album because they saw him in a different light. Remixes are a good way to promote your shit. And it's honestly like everyone is trying to outrig each other and just play the chart game. And I don't like when people cry about it and bully her because the same people that are bullying her for wanting to get higher on the charts would be the people to bully her if her songs get one placement lower. And Taylor isn't even doing this in a fraudulent way. Just because she puts out these remixes doesn't mean that anyone has to listen to them. She still needs fans to go and listen to them. A fraudulent way would be like using payola or paying radio stations to play your songs or paying to get on certain playlists or whatever. So what can we take for our own lives from Taylor Swift shamelessly promoting herself so she can get these accomplishments to change her life? I think that we can learn to promote your own shit because no one will do it for you. You need to shamelessly promote your business, your socials, your art. If you want to be an influencer, if you want to be an artist, if you want to do, you know, start your own skincare business or whatever, you're the one who has to promote it. And don't even worry if people say you're desperate or think it's embarrassing. Shamelessly shove it down people's throats. Get the attention, get the eyes on you advocate for yourself do literally anything you can a million times a day till you run people down to promote yourself because at the end of the day 
No one is going to do it for you. And your dreams are not just going to promote themselves. You're the one who has to do it. And if someone calls you a loser for trying to promote your dreams and trying to achieve success by doing so is a loser. People on TikTok, whenever I make an advertisement for my podcast or just like a little video telling them, hey, I just put out a podcast episode. I do. I talk about this, 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 and this. People say, stop promoting your podcast. We only want to see TikToks. No one cares about your fucking podcast. You know, we only want to see TikToks. I didn't come to TikTok to see a promo for your podcast. I'm going to unfollow you if you keep doing this. It just pisses me off because it seems so disrespectful to the creator that you're getting a lot of content and entertainment and joy from and you're going to tell them that they shouldn't promote themselves even though you already like something they do so why wouldn't they just promote their other ventures and their other content creations on the platform that currently has the most followers so go ahead unfollow me say i'm desperate for trying to get my tiktok followers to go and listen to my podcast i don't give a shit i'm gonna make a promo for every single episode because I want to be the most successful that I can be. I've hit up Spotify, like begging for them to put me on playlists. I've tried to buy like ad slots. I've considered making business cards. I put it on YouTube, Instagram, anything to annoy the fuck out of people, but to just shove it in their face and make my dreams come true. And that's what you guys have to do for yourself. Be annoying. Be the person who has a public business that everyone sees them trying to promote. Be that person. Who cares? And by the way, it's working for me, so it could work for you. Moving on, though. I am sick of the haters. I'm a Taylor Swift lover, no pun intended. So I have been having the best time listening to Midnight's and dissecting every single song to just know what Midnight in Taylor Swift's life it's from. What Midnight was she up pacing her dark house not being able to sleep because something was racking her mind and you guys really seem to like last week when i dissected a few of the songs if you have not listened to that one go check it out i did would have could have should have vigilante shit and midnight rain and it was amazing but today oh <laughs> i'm so excited we're gonna dissect high infidelity and bejeweled Oh my God, I feel like a super sleuth. I feel like Sherlock the motherfucking Holmes because I didn't even look up other people's theories. I didn't even compare notes. I'm such a Swifty and was, I, I noticed a detail in these songs that made me feel like they were connected. And I feel like a mastermind. I have the mind of a mastermind. I feel like I really discovered something here. So, I did this all by myself. Let's dissect first. High infidelity. You know there's many different ways that you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. High infidelity. Put on your records and regret meeting me. I bent the truth too far tonight. I was dancing around, dancing around it. Oh, I love that song. The drama. Let's start with the title. High infidelity. And she spells it like H-I-G-H, like being high up in the air or being high on drugs, maybe. Infidelity. And you know why? Because this song is about Taylor Swift cheating. No one cheated on her. It's about Taylor Swift cheating. 
this is where we start. What's the one Taylor Swift song that even alludes to her cheating or having an overlap in a relationship at all? Say it with me. Getaway Car. That song is about Taylor Swift leaving Calvin Harris for Tom Hiddleston because Calvin Harris was notoriously bad to Taylor Swift and it was not a good relationship and she needed to break up with him. And she realized this, but she needed a reason. And that reason was Tom Hiddleston. She wanted to tell Calvin, hey, I can't be with you anymore because I found someone else. That was the reason she needed. So Tom was the getaway car. And this song, High Infidelity, is about the same situation of Taylor realizing she needs a a reason to leave Calvin without hurting his ego or getting in a fight or something. She just wants to let him know she found someone else. So first of all, I want a crazy love life, a love life like Taylor. She's dated some of the most famous men in Hollywood and then writes songs about them for all of us to enjoy. She's a pop culture warrior. She gives us so much tea. I could write a book about how legendary she is. I mean, that legacy is amazing. This song, High Infidelity, is her unfaithful by Rihanna. Cause I know that he knows I'm unfaithful and it kills him inside to know that I am happy with some other guy. I guess Rihanna kind of is tied into this story as well. So let's start with the lyrics of High Infidelity. Quote, You know, there's many different ways you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. As I said, Calvin Harris was notoriously bad to her. That's why she needed to skirt, get out of there, find a new man, leave the relationship in a way that she doesn't have to confront Calvin about all of his problems. She can use a different excuse about why she's leaving, if that makes sense. She doesn't want to fight about a certain thing. She wants a different reason to leave. Calvin was bad to her. He was not appreciating her. He was taking her for granted. He was killing her slowly. And when you sit there and you're taken for granted by someone, you think, why am I here anymore? I love this person. I know we have a connection. But at the end of the day, I'm not being loved. I'm slowly feeling the life leave my body. And I don't need to be here anymore. I can go fly. I can go shine. So I'm not going to sit in this house with you. The next lyric Do you really want to know where I was on April 29th? Do I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life? Ooh! (laughs) Swifties did some dissecting and they found that Gigi Hadid's birthday party was around April 29th that year that they were dating and she was seen dancing with Tom Hiddleston at that party. So maybe she knew he'd be there. Maybe she wanted to, you know, test the waters with him, dance with him all night and feel alive again, feel like she was being loved and appreciated by someone again. Maybe she knew that he liked her a little and she wanted to give him a chance to see if she could leave Calvin for him. The next lyric, hi, infidelity, put on your records and regret me. I bent the truth too far tonight. I was dancing around, dancing around it. She was at a party where she was hanging out with Tom Hiddleston. She was dancing around with him you know, bending the truth a little bit, being a little promiscuous, leaving the house without Calvin. He was like, where are you? What Are you cheating on me? I don't know. And Taylor says, honestly, yeah, I'm not just going to a party. I'm going to hang out with another man at this party. So she did bend the truth a little bit. She didn't completely lie, but she did <clears throat> bend the truth by just going to the party to see Tom. Then it got really messy when Calvin found out. 
about her rendezvous. The lyrics go, lock broken, slur spoken, wound open, game token. I didn't know you were keeping count, but oh, you were keeping count. So basically, I feel like lock broken, slur spoken, wound open. There was fighting. There was below the belt insults. Uh, trust was broken. Some promises, some secrecy that they kept together. Their lock was broken. So shit hit the fan is basically what she's saying. Then the lyric Hi, infidelity, put on your headphones and burn my city. Your picket fence is sharp as knives. I was dancing around it, dancing around it. So put on your headphones, put on your record. He is a DJ. He can put on his headphones. They made a record together so he can put on that record that they made together, the song that was sang by Rihanna, This Is What You Came For, that Taylor Swift wrote under a pseudonym with Calvin, but they didn't want the song to be about their relationship, so Taylor just chose a pseudonym, so... The song can just be about the song and not have something else hovering over it. And now anytime he puts on that record, it reminds him of her. And he regrets her. He regrets her because in 2016, when this was all going on, somehow Taylor leaked the information that she was the person who actually wrote that song. And then all the Swifties were attacking him. And now she has this new boyfriend, Tom Hiddleston that she left me for and tom's life was just in the gutter and taylor kind of you know put him there kind of fucked him over so he regretted her so hard and his pitchforks were so sharp and knives were sharp because he went on twitter and exposed the shit out of her in like a violent way he came for her and came for blood and then there's the lyrics um, I didn't know you were keeping count. Oh, but you were keeping count because he had receipts of everything to expose Taylor as this snake and this vengeful woman who is vindictive and malicious and wants to take people down. So this is what he said on Twitter after they broke up and it was exposed that Taylor was the writer of that song. He said, and she sings on the song a little bit too. She's an amazing lyric writer and she smashed it as usual i wrote the music produced the song arranged it and cut the vocals though and initially she wanted to keep it a secret hence the pseudonym it's hurtful to me at this point that her and her team would go so far out of their way to try to make me look like a bad guy at this stage though i figure if you're happy in your new relationship you should focus on that instead of trying to tear your ex-boyfriend down for something to do i know you're off tour and you need someone new to try and bury like katie perry oh he's coming for her etc but i'm not that guy sorry i won't allow it please focus on the positive aspects of your life in all caps because you've earned a great one god bless everyone and have a beautiful day so he came with receipts facts what he did on the song what she did on the song that she came for katie perry in the past and now she has a new man he really tried to burn her whole city down but guess what calvin if you were not a piece of shit who was taking her for granted not making her feel good not being a good boyfriend not cherishing her and making her need to desperately leave you and find an escape plan this is your fault and if you're going to take credit for this is what you came for and flaunt about how you're the most amazing producer in the whole world yeah taylor is going to come back and say hey i actually wrote that song and calvin harris is an asshole who didn't treat me right so you kind of deserve it and i don't feel bad that she even had thoughts about cheating with you or overlapping the relationship i don't like saying cheating when it comes to taylor swift overlapping the relationship maybe had a little bit of infidelity but it was your fault because you did not treat her the way she should be treated that's what high infidelity is about 
Now let's get into Bejeweled because guess what? Bejeweled is about the same situation. It's about the same man and it's about Calvin Harris and Tom Hiddleston. Baby love, I think I've been a little too kind. Didn't notice you walking all over my peace of mind. And the shoes I gave you as a present Putting someone first only works when you're in their top five And by the way, I'm going out tonight That relationship, first of all, they were together for a year, her and Calvin, so I get the emotion. It had enough time to grow dry and grow bitter, that relationship. And she need, she needed a spark in her life. She needed to shine again. Like she says in Bejeweled, that relationship has given her so many songs. But Bejeweled is about the same thing because the song is about being literally taken for granted, feeling like your light has been dimmed in a relationship and you need to find something better to reignite a spark in your life and let your shine come through. So here are some of the lyrics of Bejeweled. Baby love, I think I've been a little too kind. I didn't notice you were walking all over my peace of mind in the shoes I gave you as a present. Putting someone first only works when you're in their top five. And by the way, I'm going out tonight. Oh my God. It all makes sense. Baby love, I think I've been a little too kind. Didn't notice you were walking all over my peace of mind. Taylor was trying to be in love and be a good girlfriend to her and work through their problems. But she realized, hey, he's actually destroying my life and making me feel like shit. Why am I staying here? I gave him a present, aka a hit song, and he's walking all over me and treating me like ass. He's not even putting me in his top five. He's out there doing I don't know what in the clubs and living this DJ life while I'm at home feeling unconsidered. Some of the other lyrics. Best believe I'm still bejeweled when I walk in the room. I can still make the whole place shimmer. And when I meet the band, they'll ask, do you have a man? And I can still say, I don't remember. Ooh. <laughs> She's going out tonight, bitch. And she ain't thinking about you. She's thinking of replacing you because she sees it clear. Do you have a man? I don't remember. <laughs> she doesn't remember, Calvin. Familiarity breeds content. She's over it. It's the same old thing. Their relationship isn't going to get better. She knows it now. So put me in the basement when I want the penthouse of your heart. Absolutely heartbreaking. The bridge of that song, Bejeweled, goes, Sapphire tears on my face. Sadness became my whole sky. This is where it gets crazy. Sapphire tears on my face. Sadness became my whole sky. She's sad. Listen to this next fucking line. But some guy said my aura's moonstone just because he was high. Oh, my God. So some guy at a party that she went out to dancing with him. As she said, by the way, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to meet a guy. He is high. H-I-G-H. And he's telling me that my aura's moonstone. I looked up a moonstone aura means... A moonstone is a bit of a shimmery stone and its spiritual meaning is about ebb and flow. So the changes in your life going with what you feel is right. Taylor now knows someone in the past that she's moving on from. It's not right. She needs a new guy now. She's going with the ebb and flow. And now her new aura is shimmery shining. So that's her moonstone right now. And this guy was like in love with her that night and saying this about her because he was high. 
and she was getting it on with him. High infidelity. High Taylor's cheating. Infidelity. They are literally interlocked and she put that in there so we know it's about the same situation. And then the lax lyrics go, and we're dancing all night and you can try to change my mind, Calvin, but you might have to wait in line because I'm a new man now because you didn't put me first, so now you're not first in my line. Yes, infidelity's bad and you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't consider another person while you're with someone else. But hey, if the love is gone, what's a girl gonna do? A diamond's gotta shine. Ah! (laughs) That whole love story to me is just so magnificent and beautiful and i can't believe taylor swift put that all together she's such a genius connecting those two songs because that situation would definitely keep me up at night knowing how things went down and knowing how desperately you need to go and find a new man to just get away from the old one and feel good for a second and that's what tom hiddleston did their relationship didn't really last that long tom just probably made her happy again for a bit put her back on her feet and tom got stuff out of it taylor got stuff out of it all's well it ends well Everyone won except Calvin because he didn't treat someone right. So what can we learn from dissecting these songs? If you care about someone and you love someone, you have to show them that. You have to never lose that spark, that interest, that being great. You have to repeatedly show them that you want to be with them. You treasure them. You prioritize them. You will go out of your way for them, do nice things for them. And you want them to shine when they're with you. You want to see them glowing and shining on their face when they're with you. Because if you don't make them feel like they're shining, they're going to leave and do that with someone else so it's all about not taking your loved your love for granted and cherishing them and we're dancing all night and you can try to change my mind but you might have to wait in line what's a girl gonna do a diamond's gotta shine i believe i'm still be jewel when i walk in the room i can still make the whole place Do you guys get a feeling of internal jealousy when one of your close friends or family members achieves something big or sees success? Jealousy is an icky feeling, but I feel like we all feel it. I'll be honest, I used to get jealous when good things would happen to people around me. I didn't like the feeling, I didn't know where it was coming from, but I realized I did. I think that's just a default thought or just a real thought process that all humans have. We're naturally afraid that we aren't good enough or we'll get left behind or people will leave us if they level up. Someone who just went through that is Louis Tomlinson. As Harry Styles, one of his ex-boy band members, went from being just one of the members of one of the most famous bands in the world to then going to becoming the most famous single individual man in the world and essentially leaving Louis Tomlinson behind. Because look at Harry. He has two movies this year, blockbusters, critical acclaim, awards, best-selling album, biggest single of the year, number one songs, record-breaking sales for his tour. 
he's the it boy. And I know he's going to have Grammy nominations next week when they come out, which you best believe will be analyzing next week on the podcast. So come back for that. And look at Louis Tomlinson. He's doing okay. He definitely has seen a little bit of success since One Direction. I give him a lot of credit for still caring about art because let's be honest, he's rich as fuck. He doesn't need to do that. But I give him credit for trying and having some success. The boys of One Direction just probably feel a little left behind. Their fear, their basic human fear kind of came true a little bit. They see someone who started in really similar circumstances as them achieve success and they feel like, oh, like, why can't I achieve that? Like, why can't I do that? We started in the same place. And he actually just did an interview this week and he said, quote, I'd be lying if I said it didn't bother me at first. Harry's success. Only because I didn't really know where to place myself. And really, the only point of reference was the other members of the band. He got his film and the tour he's done is unbelievable. It just took me a while to work out where I stand. So he was kind of in that down attitude of questioning his ability, questioning if he's good enough and being really hard on himself, seeing that he's not the one doing all these things. Would he, But let's think about this. Would Louis Tomlinson have ever felt that insecure about his career if Harry Styles never became as successful as he did after the ban? No. Because he would have felt comfortable. When people around us aren't doing that much, we feel comfortable and self-assured because we know we aren't falling behind. We're just doing the same as them. We feel a sense of belonging and comfort. And maybe that's a nice feeling for the present, but that's a bad place to be in for your whole life. You want to be around people who are the most successful you they possibly can be even if it makes you feel a little inadequate for a second and here's why they're gonna push you to go harder than you ever could have believed you get to see from someone close to you being really successful you get to see them up close and see that their success is possible and learn from them and get inspired you don't have much to learn or be inspired by from people who are doing less than you It may make you feel inadequate at first, but before you know it, you'll be so driven and pushed forward that you'll start achieving success because you see, oh my God, they are, let me try to up my game so I feel better about myself and I feel good enough in this moment. And then when you do achieve success and you realize, thank God I didn't try to sabotage them or bring them down or not be their friend anymore didn't ghost them because I was just feeling insecure. Thank God I didn't because look at me now. Look at all I've gained from being their friend. And then you look back and realize you were never inadequate. It was just a feeling that you were thinking, oh, life is a zero-sum game and only one of us can be successful. The other one can't be. No, everyone can be. And that person just helped you unlock that feeling. Louis came around, though. At the end of the interview, he said, But it's not surprising to me that Harry's the most commercially successful because he really fits the mold of the modern star. And I look at Harry like a brother. I have a lot of pride for what he's doing. And I love that Louis can acknowledge that he loves what Harry's doing. He is so happy that he's successful and is not trying to take away from that at all. And I like that he's being being really real and raw with us, that he was feeling down and insecure because not everyone would admit that, that takes a big person to do that and now look at louis he has an album that's coming out tonight that you can go stream right now 
and it's already being reviewed as a steady step forward in his artistry and his career. And I wonder if he never was pushed by Harry dominating the world as he is, would he have tried so hard in his album? Would he have rushed to make the best work he could or put his whole heart into this album like he said he did? I don't know. But I think Harry definitely gave him some inspiration to achieve. I think Harry was the best thing to happen to all the boys of One Direction. You know, he applied some pressure to them in the best way. So what can we learn from this? You want successful friends. Don't try to sabotage them or leave them because when your friends succeed, that's a win for you. So maybe take inventory of people who you see achieving a lot of success and maybe try to be their friend and, you know, put out an olive branch to connect with them or hang out with them because it's a really inspiring environment to be in. And let's be honest, the way I look at it is I agree with all that. Like I want my friends to be the most successful that they possibly can be. I want them to be famous and rich and astronauts or doctors or movie stars. I want them to achieve all their dreams in the whole world because that will inspire me. But also if your friends are successful, you can kind of like use them for a benefit to yourself. As everyone knows in every industry, it's not what you know, it's who you know. We can't deny that. So it only helps you in every single way. And I just think another reason people are uncomfortable with success is that they also don't want to be the person that leaves people behind. If they get too successful, maybe their friends back at home won't like them anymore. But you can't think like that. You have to accept the success and graciously open it with, I mean, graciously welcome it with open arms and take it all in because you can inspire people in your life and you can take them with you. You'll, you know, just be their inspiration, which will help them a lot. To make a long story short, I have a friend who, when I started to do TikTok and I really started to blow up and do the whole social media thing, he kind of copied me a little too exactly. But me and this friend, we grew up having the same passion for the music industry and pop culture. So when people were asking me like, oh, Patty, aren't you mad that he's copying you? And there was one point where he almost passed me in followers and they're like, he's taking your whole brand and he's passing you in followers. And aren't you mad about that? And I guess I thought about it for a second. Should I ask him to stop? But that would just feel like stomping on his dream. And growing up with him, I knew how much he wanted to be successful in this industry. So I saw that I was just inspiring him to be successful. So instead of me asking him to stop, I said, to myself I want the most successful friends I could possibly have so I just talked to him for a second I said hey like I love that we're both doing the same thing I think it's great that I found something that works that we can both be successful in because we both have what it takes but can you just switch up what you're doing a little bit still do basically the same thing just maybe talk about a like you know a few different topics and I'll talk about these topics and we can both be successful and me not trying to like take him down or ask him to not post anymore and not getting insecure about him passing me in followers. Almost at that <laughs> almost at that moment. Not letting my insecurity win has helped me so much. It's helped our friendship so much. Seeing each other in the same industry, we can learn from each other. We can see what's working for them, what's not working for them. We're a big connection for each other. We network with, with each other. And because I wasn't insecure, when I went to the billboard music awards and got like a front row seat and got to walk the red carpet and discuss the nominations on a live stream and really accomplish my dreams. The person who got invited to that award show, if I'm being honest, was my friend and he brought me as a guest. So if I never 
wanted him to be successful and try to take him down in the past when he was first copying me or whatever, I never would have gotten that opportunity. So moral of the story is I've learned this so much. You want the most successful friends you possibly can have. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Pop Culture Universe at T today and joining me for class. I guess class is dismissed. I appreciate all of you. Love you all so much. My podcast family truly means the most to me. Um, please DM me. If you if we've never interacted in the DMs before, just post me on your story, you know, and tag me. And that that literally shoots you to a section where it says mentioned in stories. And I see you super quick. Um, but yeah, I love you all so much. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. My grandma died this week. Just a few days ago. R.I.P. Me and my grandma were not the closest grandson and grandma duo ever in the world. That's fine. That's just how things are sometimes. But um, yeah, it's super, super sad. It's definitely like a hard thing for the family. I will miss her for sure. But can I just tell you, my grandma like passed in the most respectable, peaceful way ever like i want to go this way too she was in her 90s and you know she was just dying of old age organs were not organing anymore and she could have done treatment to like keep the organs going for a bit longer but let's be honest like how much longer was that actually going to work so she kind of got to like choose you know when she was gonna die and make sure there's time for like everyone to come and see her And she was saying how just content with life she is. And she's so at peace with everything. And she's lived a long life full of love. And when people were with her in the hospital room the last week, she was just laughing and smiling and having a good time with everyone before she went. And it really like recontextualized how I feel like you can see death because she just went out in the most peaceful, happy, like respectable way she was like joking and spilling tea with us and they she was like hilarious uh like her blood sugar was going down or something so they offered her some red punch like kool-aid or something and she didn't like the kool-aid that they had at the hospital so she was like you know what i'd rather die than drink that red punch again and you know i guess she meant it because she didn't drink it so but um yeah she was really just slaying until the end she was such a cute old lady and definitely one of the only grandparents I really saw like get old and like grow up with because a lot of mine died before I was even born or before I even knew them. So she'll definitely always hold a special place in my heart. Rest in peace. But yeah, I feel like just the way she went out was so like, I want to go out the same way. Like I want to choose. I want to be happy. I want to be like laughing with my loved ones and grandchildren and kids like in the end. So mad respect to her. Um, But yeah, I guess that's just a reminder for all of us that like shit like life does come to an end one day so you got to live it up you got to have no regrets um do not not be yourself go out this week and and live it up show up to whatever function you're going to this weekend is your 100% self do what you want to do don't let people hold you back or make you feel like it would be too embarrassing or too weird to take the risk you want to take because you only live once so go out there this weekend and be you and live your life because every day on earth is a great day and yolo you only live once so do it your way but until next time on tuesday 
I love y'all so much. Oh yeah, I was gonna do a, a small Kardashians update, but I spent more time in the Taylor Swift dissection than I thought I would, and this episode was already getting very long, so we will just push that off, and I'm sure they'll give us more to talk about to add to the whole Kardashian segment next week, and it'll be more full and amazing. So we'll just do that then. Very much looking forward to it, but before I go, make sure you rate this podcast five-star Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a cute little review. You're already here. You may as well do so. Screenshot yourself listening to it, post it to your Instagram story, and tag me at Petty Pop Culture. Maybe if you want to, check out my Petty Pop Private. Nothing too crazy on there, but a whole new side of me. You know what I'm saying? I do have a verified check for now. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. But until then, DM me. Hope you guys have the best weekends of your life, and I will see you Tuesday. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast that's B-L-E-A-V on Apple, Spotify, YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Go Astros.